uh, in the book of um, Deuteronomy, I'm going to continue on with this theme in this place where the Lord instructs his people whom he has saved and redeemed and they've fallen away and he saves them and rescues them and brings them back to the land and then they rebel and do it again and this cycle had completed enough times and uh, we all know what it's like to get exasperated with someone that keeps you keep helping them and then they go back to where they were it's hard really hard for all of us isn't it and so he comes to this place in, in Deuteronomy, and um, he's, he's guaranteeing them. He says to them in, in verse uh, 9 and 10 of that, of that chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Yeah, 30. And um, he's, he's, he's promising that I'll bring you back to the land I will prosper you, I will bless you, I will keep you. And there's this whole verse or two of promises of, of what he will do for them. In other words, this is a really good deal. You don't want to pass this up. You have benefits, you have pay, you have vacation. You, I mean, you have everything that you need. He's promising that. And then he gets to verse 14 and 15 and and he's saying, these, the choices that I've set before you, they're, they're these things, life and good and death and evil. These are your options, like either choose life and good and live alive and good, or choose death and evil, and, and it will be horrible for you. The um, example, the horrid Example of this is the Holocaust and what befell the Jewish people as a nation for their rebellion. They, they kept falling away. And the calamity that the Lord said was going to come upon them, that was one horrible example of what happened. It did happen. And when you put those two things together, I mean, you can hear about that all of your life, and then you put this together, and this, this, this promise and this thing that he laid out for them, if you, if you follow me and love me, it's not that hard. Just walk in my ways. And, and he, he, he commands them to love him like he's even commanding a love relationship. What other God loves? There's There's not. The, the false gods, the other gods, there's not love in that. Uh, and we're watching this demonstration of this around the world right now with this, uh, this spirit that is, that is behind the East Palestinian pe people. and Well, not them as a people, but, but that spirit that's on them and, the, and this Islamic jihad, all that whole thing. It's horrible. I mean, it's so, it's so mean-spirited. And, and they're just as mean to their own people as they are to everybody else. It's, it's, it's not, there's no love in it. There's no hope in it. It's inconceivable that people would follow it. And yet, and yet they do. There's a, a spirit of this. Uh, remember, I was, I was in Second Chronicles talking about this spirit of uh, Rabshakeh that, that comes and comes to the territory and taunts 
He, he uh, represented the king of Assyria. It's like in trying to give Israel, get Israel to give up without a fight. You might as well just concede. We're going to beat you badly anyways. We could give you, uh, you 2,000 camels if you can find enough men to ride them and we'll still beat you. It was, it was one of those taunting type of things. And he comes and they speak in, in the Hebrew language to, to taunt them and to insult them and to in, insult the Lord God. At the end of that story, when King Hezekiah turns back, after making a great declaration that the Lord would be with them, then this stuff happens and he, he falls back and seeks the prophet because it's very terrifying, actually. The reality of it is very terrifying. Those threats the threats that we're all facing right now, and do you think just because you're not Jewish, you're not under that threat that's being broadcast all over the world, you're kidding yourself. Because we're all a target of this hatred, all of us, everyone. If you're not of them, then you're dead. They, they mean to kill you. So it's becoming black and white. It's in our faces. It's broadcast. It got a stronghold, a foothold in our country. How, have you ever stopped and go, how did this happen? I mean, they're taking over big parts, big places, big, big things, uh, areas and regions, cities. And they prevail. How did this happen? Little by little. They got a stronghold and built and built and built. And so we, we want to, the Lord instructs about this. And he's giving this exhortation in Deuteronomy and saying in verse 19 then later in that chapter, choose life I set before you. And the language, just a, the words are just a little bit inverted, but it's the same thing. Choose life is the main Life and death, blessing and cursing. Life and death, life or death, or blessing and cursing. And so I took that and, and I just really had a, a revelation. Uh, it just, oh, it really started to open up. And uh, I began looking at that and realized when the Lord asks us to choose life, it sets a whole thing in our life when we choose that blessing forms out ahead of us provision begins to form in your future as you make this stand and you declare this it starts to set things in order and then I dabbled in quantum physics which is definitely over my pay grade <laughs> reading what other people have written about it and this is where Mary referred to the New Age people. They got a hold of some of the quantum physics realities, studies from scientists. Now, they added their own doctrine to it, which makes it not good. But the concept is fascinating. And uh, let me read quickly. Um, I, I think I read this last week. I'll read again just this one uh, paragraph from... Um, this particular book is Quantum Fasting by Emerson, Emerson Farrell. And um, in other words, the unseen world is filled with limitless potentials waiting for activation for someone. Therefore, according to 
science, the science, the act of observation is both the cause and effect in the creation of the material universe. Furthermore, the observer subconsciously determines the reality of his world through preconceived beliefs. Now, this is, this is crazy stuff. But it matches up with what Jesus taught us as well. Um, and so this study briefly with quantum physics is that the old paradigm that you and I all grew up with, with what the atom looked like and, you know, how there are uh, atoms and um, circling the neutrons. I'm probably using all the wrong terms. But anyways, you know that picture, you know. And, and when they, they looked at it with a different type of microscope, they went, oh, we were wrong. It's, it's different than that. It's, it's energy that flashes constantly. And they, they rethought their old science like, whoa, this is something different. And the most mysterious thing, and they'll all testify to this, is that when they look at it, it begins to form. It, it forms something like a dot or a something an image that wasn't there before will form by observation because it senses being looked at or observed. Yeah, yeah, it cha- yep, exactly. It changes from all these waves and all this to, to a particle in, with observation. And so... It gives you this whole different platform to pray for things and to realize that what you believe, for example, choosing life and and making, truly making that choice and then beginning to walk with expectation that my provision is right, right out there. It's right in the direction I'm going. That things will come. They will materialize. They will. When you don't believe this, believer or not, and then add to it our mouths, which is very significant, and what we're declaring, we can't see the future, or we hear a bad forecast, and we're, cons- we're, we're convinced, and to the point that we declare it, I'm never going to get out of this. Have you ever been lost? And you're like, we're never going to get out of here. It's like, don't say that. Unless you want to run in circles for a long, long time. But when you truly just start believing what Jesus said, and then all of these promises and the provision that he's declared over us, you go, oh, wow. We better, we better get our act together and start believing what's been given to us and granted to us because life is a whole lot different. And what I'm carelessly predicting for myself when it's careless. It's not helping the situation. But instead, and I got excited just listening to somebody say, uh, I, was, I was sharing this briefly. I, I ended up being someplace just at the right time, at the right place that I normally wouldn't have been there. I just happened to be. But this person comes along and says, it's so important that you were here, right here. Like he was almost a, a, a apologetic about saying that he kind of asked the Lord to help him and send some help at this right, right at this time. I'm like, oh, 
don't, don't apologize for that. You know, like that's how we're supposed to live. Don't apologize for that. He's a good father. He's like, ask me. Believe that I'll help you. Ask. I won't abandon you. I'll, I'll do incredible things. If you come like a grandson, like a grandchild, and go, Papa, can I have this, that? You know, anything. Sure, anything half to, you know, up to half of my kingdom. You're like, you're just giving things. How do you say no to that appeal that's full of faith and expectancy? I want a popsicle, because I know you have popsicles. They're right there in the freezer, and, you know, I, I want one. Popsicle? Can I have a popsicle? Yeah. Of course you can. And I real, I got almost giddy as this person's telling me this, because I just had taught it. I'm like, yeah, the Lord, blessing is operating in your life, and I, the Lord orchestrated for me to be here. I have no clue, but he got me right here, right at the right time, available to help you. And I, it was so, it was exciting. It's like, yeah, I'm the answer to your prayer, to your expect, expectation and the more that you start to believe the Lord is with me, he'll make a way. Do you understand how often we are consumed? I know, I'll probably not get any hands on this, but we're consumed with anxiety and anxiousness about how something's going to work out. After all, they're tough situations, right? It's your marriage. It's your job. It's your finances. It's those kids that never grow up to be old enough to really get out of your life. They're still, you know. It's other issues with relationships. It's life at church, which is supposed to be perfect, right? At some moment, we all believe that. We got, kind of got cured of that, huh? And yet... The same thing must be applied to believe. It changes everything. If you begin to believe that the Lord's out ahead of you, if you're walking with him and you love him, and I mean, it's not a tough deal to qualify for. And then it gets upgraded with grace and Jesus. More help to not make as many mistakes as Israel. So we've, we've got an upgrade on the, on the empowering aspect of walking in his ways. And more revelation of his love for us and and a love relationship with him. So things will form. And I, I mean, even right now, even as I'm teaching this, I've had to practice this. But when I do, when I make that, I'm like, calm the heck down, Rick. You, doesn't it get going and you can hardly sleep and, and it starts to preoccupy and it's the preeminent thought when there's other things you be, should be thinking about and dealing with? This problem that is formed in your mind, you haven't gotten there yet, but you're sure it's there. <laughs> Do you understand? It takes faith to believe that stuff. The bad scenario, that all takes faith. It's just we're prone to go down that I don't know what we are. We're prone to go into that. And if you don't get a hold of it and don't do the right thing at this moment, you'll start doing things and preparing yourself and make the situation worse. Just ask Abraham how that worked out. 
Yeah, there, there, there's a mistake that keeps on living, keeps on giving, doesn't it? And I've been practicing as I've been teaching it and, and just make, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop this worrying. I'm going to start, stop and just believe the Lord's going to, he's going to work it out. It's, it's going to work out. What I can't see at this moment does. And, and in that, I mean, I had a, I'm not going to go into the examples, but they're good, but they're really like, it, it's like it really changed. And, and in that, once I released that, once I made that decision to believe that the Lord's going before me, and it's just, it's just natural stuff. It's not ministry. It's not anything profound. It's just my life. It's just life. He cares about my life. And, and, and I get, a, he just drops in like a divine, an epiphany and a divine inspiration. Some little thing I hadn't thought of before, boom, dude, there, that worked. Like that was, that was it. But if I stay in that anxiety and I start running around and it cause, it does, it, it causes you movement, fear, worry, anger, all, all the bad things, if you don't get out of them, if you don't break that and take that captive, it will, it will create more problems. You probably didn't really have a problem in the first place. You just thought you might. How many of you have been duped by, uh, I'm probably going to have a problem and you really didn't? <laughs> you might not know even, huh? I mean, we, I guarantee you, you all have something to apply this to right now, today, right? There's something at home that's, there's something that's going to face you Monday. You're, it's, and, and as I started just with just faith, I mean, it's just a matter of believing. It's a matter of choosing life, choosing blessing. It's that simple. Just in my heart, I choose that. No, Lord, you're going to work this out. You've gone ahead of me. The bad scenario, it doesn't need to materialize. Quantum physics states that I keep meditating on it and imagine it enough, it will. Now, believe that or not believe that, but how many of you have had some experience with this? Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be something to it because I've lived the problem. You've lived in that. So you change, what a difference, what a difference. And now we're more free to truly follow the Spirit because the spirit, spirit, His leading is not in that anxiety and it's not in that fear and it's not in following the flesh. The Spirit is, leads you in the way of life and it, it wants to dictate, it wants to, control, it, wants to, it wants to lead you into life and help you. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1. We, we just have this arsenal, I mean, arsenal of promises and, and, uh, and things the Lord's uh, told us. And we've been a little bit, we've been quite lazy, actually. We're, we're not holding these things up before our eyes. I'm guilty of it. We have the promises. We need to, we need to make a big deal about them. Take them to the printer and get them, you know, 
printed. Get, get a plaque with them engraved. I mean, make effort to, to get this concrete, the promises, and, and there's just, there's so many. I don't know why I've been so reluctant. Yeah, my flesh, my whatever, in a lot of my, in my life. I do a little, I dabble in it, I start doing good, then I, then I get off track and I'm back in, into, into my flesh and, and not, not being diligent to treasure these things in my heart like I'm instructed to. So here in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, and we're just going to take off a little bit in, into this chapter with this. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in, uh, it deposited in us by his divine power. So boom, right there. Did, did you all catch that? Everything we could ever need for life and godliness, that original exhortation from the Lord, choose life. Everything that you need to do that and to be empowered, it's already been provided in Jesus. It's already provided for you. It's already there. It's in the account. For all this was lavished upon us, reading on in this, in this verse uh, three, through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by his name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. See, that, that glorious manifestation was showing up back, clear back in Deuteronomy. Like, God hasn't changed. Grace was in the Old Testament. Forgiveness was in the Old Testament. All these things were there. They were already there. Jesus comes along and, and seals the provision, takes it to a whole nother supernatural level. But they, they aren't new things. And in verse uh, 4, continuing on, as a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world so wow what prompt we we can partnership with this, his divine nature Tired of living with yourself and, and the flesh and the failures and the, and the strongholds that are stubborn and what about staying? I'm like, we have promised that they can be done for once. So we should not be living in this way. We shouldn't be living in that. With the, it's in our language. We're full of excuses. You don't even catch it sometimes how often you're saying you can't do something. Listen. I'm being as honest as I can. This forms in me at any given time. I'll be doing something, even something good. Even I mean, and it starts. And this uh, hopeless feeling comes over me that I can't change, that I can't do better. It hits me over leadership with the church at, at any, any place in any given time. If I'm not on my guard and watch that thing, I start a scenario of escaping, of checking out, of I'm, 
I mean, it's funny how deep and dark this goes so quickly. You're ready to walk away. You're ready to quit. You're ready to whatever. Because this thing, it's, it's a real feeling. It's not real, but the feeling's real. It's a real voice. You think it's you. You think it's somebody with authority. It's demonic, but it sounds real. They're great Im- it's a great imitator. It's convincing because you're having the experience whether I'm dealing with trying to learn music or, I mean, anything, any leadership things, any relational things. Some are, don't y'all have relationships that are just tough? You know what Jesus said? You're like, you gotta be kidding. I'm, I can apply it here, there, and there, but uh, not there, you know. So the provision is across the board. We have to start telling each other that. When your best friend's complaining to you and whining to you and crying and building their scenario, love them enough to go, okay, I hear you. I know how you're feeling, but stop. I, I can't agree with you. That's not true. For the Lord's sake, that's not true. For your own sake, that's not doing you any good to keep building that case. You're you're digging a rut you'll never get out of. You're digging a train track that's going the wrong direction. Like, stop. I I beg you, I beseech you by the mercies of God, stop that. Get back online with choose life. Even if you aren't clear what that looks like, just choose it. The grace will get you there. The spirit will get you there. I'm going to take some moments to read on in this chapter. So devote yourselves to lavishly supplementing. Y'all take supplements? I do. Vitamin C and this and that. We take supplements. What is that for? It's to, it's to boost. Boost your immune system, make you more iron, more, you know, it, it helps you be strong and healthy, right? That's why you take them if you do. Supplement your faith. Same concept with these things. Supplement your faith with, number one, goodness. And to the goodness, add understanding. That's that, uh, don't be foolish about things. Have understanding. Don't go on half cock. Don't go on misunderstanding something. Get understanding. The Lord wants to help you with that. Do you understand how many messes you make and add to because you don't understand what's really going on? Understanding people, understanding yourself, understanding whatever. Understanding is very important, and it's a gift from the Spirit. He wants to help us with that. And if we just if we pay attention before we run off in our emotions and go, I, I need to get understanding about this. Now there, if you have a great spiritual friend, go talk to them. Can you help me? Something's going on. Now, this is very legal. Something's going on in my life, and I want to get understanding about that. Now, that's huge. That, now, that's when we should talk to each other. When you want an answer, you're allowed to talk about a problem if you want the answer. If you don't, spare all of us, huh? Including me. I can, I can go there, too. So, getting understanding supplement, add to the goodness understanding, and to their understanding, add the strength of self-control. Oh, Jesus, don't think. 
Just because you're walking in the spirit and walk, that you don't have to exercise self-control. They may not all be sin issues. It may be saying no to the ice cream. You're like, well, there's nothing sinful about eating the ice cream. No, but yes, for you. Like, you know, you're like, you're not supposed to. Or you shouldn't, or you say no to like anything. Like, we're not, being led by the Spirit isn't just get to do what you feel like doing. We have to come to wisdom about that. It may be that thing that's nagging you. It's like, go call somebody, go visit somebody. You're like, no, I'm not feeling that. <laughs> I'll bet you're not. But the Spirit's saying, do it. So I've had a lot of things. So I love it when I feel good about what the Spirit's leaving me to do. That's a great day, okay? I'm not so happy about that nagging thing. It's like, call. I don't know. I don't want to call. Call. I don't want to call. Or go. I don't want to go. I want to do that. And I'll be like, oh, I'm, it finally wears me out. I'm like, okay, I'll go. Yeah? At least, as long as I do it in the end. As long as I yield to what I, what I feel, I discern in my spirit. So just we need to talk about this. It's not everything you just feel goosebumps about doing. Some of it's hard stuff. Self-control. And to self-control, add patient endurance. Okay, so you've been doing this for three days. Don't quit. All right? <laughs> or three minutes or, three, you know. There's a lot to be said for faithful endurance. We should give out awards for it because it's hard to do. Endurance is that moving on even when you can't see the results and you may have to go a long time before you see the results. You may have to trust for a, a, a large part of that journey. And we need to adopt this. We, we quit so easily it's at different things. We're, it's our nature. We're excited about something. We kind of even promise we're going to do it. We make a, you know, like, I'm going to do this. And then as soon as it's hard, like, you've got to develop endurance in your, so that the hard things you can overcome, that you can hang in there and get, it, get to the end of it. So it takes a whole different type of, again, it, we've got to stop doing things on emotional decisions. A lot of things sound great when you first hear them. But there's often a cost that we may or may not be willing to pay to get there. So there's a huge part. It doesn't sound real spiritual, but endurance is huge in everything, especially in the Lord. To patient endurance, add godliness. Like ethics, principles, they matter. When I bump into Christians wherever... Hopefully it's not here. That don't have ethics, that just, they don't, no one sees it or they get away with it and just doing things. That all matters. We should be some of the most integrous people. We should value integrity. Even It's not a matter now of whether you can get away with it or not. Yeah? In the kingdom and with Jesus watching everything, oh. You don't get away with things. It's about integrity. It's about the Lord is watching. I've told this story. I went through this funny, weird season in my life where I was, of course, we're always going to Home Depot and going, you know, getting things. We're working on our homes and whatever. 
I had this, this kept happening to me. I end up with something in my bag or on my cart that I didn't pay for. And sometimes it was all the way, and it'd be like stupid things, like a plastic coupler for, you know, whatever. It, it, it's like, but I screwed something together and left it together, and they only charged me for, you know, one price for two things. Just things that just happened. Or I walked out one day from Home Depot with a whole box of, of ceramic tile on the bottom of the cart, and I didn't realize it. I, and I, so I, I had, I, it was like, it's embarrassing to go back. It's like, hey, I didn't steal this. I can't prove it, but here it is, and it needs to be, get back into the system. And there, some of the times they're just like, oh, don't, don't even bother us with this, you know. I was out the door, down the road, like, did I get away with it? I did, except, and then when I took it back, it wasn't like, like, oh, that's really good. It's like, no, I'm, my father's watching me. This is a test, like, this matters. I can feel, I know it. I know he's watching, it matters. I'm not doing it for any other reason except his eyes. I don't want to grieve him. I want him to be proud of me. I want, I want something built in me. There must be some reason. Because life is full of those opportunities to, isn't it? It is. So add integrity. Add uh, this, uh, you know, the godliness, godlikeness. What would Jesus do? And add mercy to godliness. Add mercy towards your brothers and sisters. Mercy is important, huh? Do you need mercy? I need mercy. I need mercy in all of my I need mercy in my marriage. I need mercy with my in my all of my relationships. Because at any given time, there can be an infraction, an accidental offense, a a problem, and I need mercy. And even if I say I didn't mean that, I still. I need them to let go of it lest I, you know, have, I have to bear that. And I, it was just a mistake. Yeah, I, there was an infra- I made a mistake. I did something. I, 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 I did something wrong. I wasn't paying attention. I hit your car. Like, I don't know. It can be, you know, your brand new car sitting in the church parking lot. Like, how do I tell you? So I need, I need mercy. Mercy, when you receive it, feels great, doesn't it? It's like it lifts that thing off of you. You can kind of go on with your life. It's not about getting away with something. It's about getting released from something you can't do anymore about. And we need to show that to our brothers and sisters. We need to, especially in the body of Christ, we get, I've watched this almost destroy churches when there is a level of accountability that is oppressive and everything's watched over and everything is found fault with. And, pretty, and, and Paul said this in the scriptures. He says, be careful lest you devour one another. You, you'll literally wipe each other out with this spirit if this spirit gets into your church and gets into your body so that you're looking, watching each other. Oh, oh you did that wrong. You did that wrong. So... Mercy and grace and, and these things, they, they're so huge. And to all of that, add unending love. Somehow in the troubles of the world right now, this is challenging, we're not 
it's not legal to stop loving. It's hard to love people when you find out that it's, it's their value system to hate you. You're not one of them. I've had to deal with that a couple times in my life. All of a sudden it pops out. You, you, find, you find an individual or a group that doesn't think much of you. Uh, and it has to be what uh, the race issue is and the injustice and the prejudices with color of skin and where people are from. It's a hard thing because it doesn't matter how you're just like, boom, that thing comes. And so love surpasses all that. We need to keep our love on. There are things we say no to. There are things we disagree with, things we make a stand about, but you don't have to stop loving to do that. Do you understand? You don't, have to, you don't have to stop loving. I love you, but I disagree with this. I love you, but I can't allow you to do that anymore. It's, it, that's the language for it. Sometimes easier illustrated than done, but it'll still keep you on a good track. It'll keep the life flowing. When you choose life and you start experiencing life, you want it to keep rolling. You want it to keep flowing. You want, you want that to continue. Because like I said, you get a hold of this, and that life starts projecting ahead of you and making provision and opening doors. So you, you want to keep that alive. And this is the promise the Lord's given us. Unending love. There was another scripture I wanted to look at here in... Da, 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 da. Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2. Let's take a look at that. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Strong word. You, be imitators of God in everything. Now, that was something back in my background in church that we had to find a way to tone that down. Didn't really mean that. Like, can't imitate God, right? But the scripture is clear. Be imitators of him. If you see him doing it, you do it. If you're seeing him, him declare incredible miracles, you do it. Like when you take all that out, of the, then you've got to figure out a way to, to whitewash all that and get all that stuff out of there. But here's Ephesians. Be imitators of God in everything you do, for then you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. So I want the true sons and daughters in my life to be imitators of the good things that I do and to, and to walk in the authority of being a son and daughter. That's what our Father wants from us. And in verse uh, 2, and continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ, for he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. 
So understanding the love of God, we can never get bored with that. Or look at it as like, oh yeah, I'm, yeah I love, I, I, I know the Lord loves me. Lest your heart grow cold, we have to stay fresh in living in the love of God, of knowing it, of giving it, and being in it. It's got to stay fresh. Whatever you have to do to keep it fresh, if you find that's growing cold, be on alert. If your love for the Lord and for people has grown cold, that's not an okay way to live. Stop immediately before the smoke detector goes off. You know, there's a point where you can still save what's in the pan if you get it off the burner, you know. There's another point, no return. You not only lost what you're cooking, you lost the pan, right? So beware, like just... As side note, beware of your love growing cold. If it does, make it a priority. You can't fix this yourself, but you can ask the Holy Spirit for help. Lord, warm my heart up again. I know I'm getting guarded. I'm edgy. I have no tolerance for anyone. Like, I, I, I'm not in a good place. Like, I, I, I don't like what I see. There was a time when I loved freely. And I'm holding, I'm hedging my bets now. I'm holding back. I'm careful. And I'm selective about who I love and what I love. So that's something, that's just housekeeping for you and I to make sure that stays in place. And continues on to finish off that verse. His great love for us was pleasing to God like an aroma of adoration a sweet healing fragrance. And so when you're in that, there will be a fragrance coming from your life. I want that fragrance to be on me. It, it emanates from when you walk in the love of God, there's a fragrance. You don't have to explain this to people. They'll smell it. They'll feel it. They'll smell the sweetness. They encounter you. I want that fragrance. I want to walk in that. One last verse to close today. Second. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Back to what I'm going after today. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's a valid thought. Just because you're thinking it doesn't mean, in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 10, doesn't mean it's allowed to stay. Doesn't mean it's a good thing. Now, that may seem like a funny statement. But this, is, this gets into this arena of our opinions. And until that gets exposed, you don't even realize that you just have an opinion about it. But it's not necessarily based in fact. But you're sure of it, right? So we can all go there. It's ugly when a person is very opinionated and not open to correction and not open to truth or another point of view, isn't it? Like, those are hard people to get along with, honestly. They're hard people to work with. They're really hard people to live with. I don't want to be that person. And I have been in areas where I have an opinion about something, and it's strong, like... And, and here's what the Lord instruction, Phyllis was the one that was aware of the scripture years and years and years ago. 
because we're listening to teaching about it. And it's uh, about taking every, here's what you do with those thoughts. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Now, this is good language because truthfully, that's pretty much what you, ha- you have to get down, down and dirty mean with this, with these thoughts. Because they're, abs- they're obstinate. They, they want to stay. They justify staying. I, and you've got to go, no, I'm not thinking that anymore. That thought is going. You'll be convinced somebody's offended with you. Or, I mean, it's, it gets, it's ugly, but you'll be convinced of something that you don't, it's not true, but you're sure it is. They don't like me. Oh, for the love of God. Could we just go to court right now? I want to prove to you that that's not the truth. Here, take me as a witness. I want to, I want to hear. I want to hear them tell you what I know is not the truth, right? I mean, that again, this is the stuff that runs rampant. We don't talk about it. We don't address it in the church, but it's here. It can be one of the biggest enemies we have to deal with. As far as we're doing good, as far as I'm not pointing out something I'm aware of and just talking about generalities, but it does show up. And just because you walk in the doors doesn't mean that thing doesn't come, come in. It loves to come in. It's a great deceiver, and it suppresses the fire of God, and it, it creates every evil thing. And, and if it's a stronghold in you, you're, you're, no matter where you go, you start having these feelings and thoughts. They are thoughts that need to be taken. Capture them. Go Go somewhere to a hunting store and buy a net, but capture them. Get them under, get them, address them, and start treating them like something that needs confessed. Lord, I confess this thing. It doesn't have substance. It has, it feels real, but it, I, I don't believe it. It's a thought. It's a thought that doesn't glorify you. It's a thought that I can't prove. It's just a feeling, and I'm sure I'm sure it's how it is. Are you sure that you're sure? Have you put it to the test? Have you given the person the opportunity to tell you that's not true? There's a good one. You'd be I love it when people come to me and say, hey, I have this feeling, what's the truth? And I'm like, no, that's not true. I, I, I appreciate that. Give me a chance to tell you that's not what I meant. I went through a terrible time, like, it's not as bad now. It doesn't show up too much, but wow, go back 10, 15 years ago. I couldn't, I couldn't preach or teach anything that I didn't call from somebody that was convinced I was talking about them, at them. I'm like, no. Thank you for calling. No, that's not. I wasn't thinking about you. Well, I was just over here illustrating something. I, I understand how you took it wrong, but no, please hear me. That, no, no, no. I wasn't talking about that. So do whatever it takes, but these thoughts that aren't from the Lord, wow, the enemy just he plays games with us. He's robbing and stealing from us just with thoughts. Like, oh my gosh, what would happen if they bring real guns? 
We're, we're a sucker for everything sometimes. If we're not on our guard and we're just in that mode where we're just, it all comes, it feels so real, it does. I understand. You'll even have evidence. You may have a whole, here's, and here's my list of proofs that this is true. Yeah, we build our case. We're busy, aren't we? Yeah, we, we can be real busy about this. Challenge it. Challenge it in Jesus' name. Get wisdom about how to challenge it. It's not necessarily easy to pull these down, but it can be done. And you, you have to get aggressive with it. Like it needs pulled down, it needs captured. Wrapped it up, get some handcuffs, some zip ties, you know, and bind it up. And get it out of there in Jesus' name. We'd have a whole upgrade and joy if we... If as, a, as a group, we just deal with all that. Thoughts that need taken captive. It's running you down. You're, you believe something about yourself that's not true. And when you're the only witness in the room and with feelings, you're not getting anywhere with the courtroom, right? I'm this and I can prove it, you know, that, that kind of thing. It's time to abandon that fleshly, carnal type of life and get totally and solely into the spirit and what the Lord says about you. You got to take a deep breath sometimes to believe what Jesus says about you. I mean, big deep breath. Here goes. Jesus loves me. You know, (laughs) I'm dramatizing this, but it's about that real. Some of these things are that hard to address. I want to go forward. I want to be a man of faith. I'm tired of not quite being there. I'm close. But I'm tired of reading things and going, I'm not there yet. I'm not in that yet. I'm clo- I believe it is true, but I, I'm, my existence is that I'm not there that's not what's written across my forehead yet. And, and if we, we take with all seriousness, I, I want this. I want to own this. Come on. Get, get envious about I want to say, I want to own this. I want to own these promises. I don't want to read them from somebody else, read them about somebody else. I want to own these promises. I want them to be mine. I want my name to be at the bottom of it. And I believe the Spirit, if we'll just make the let's go, He's going to be with us. He is with us, longing for us. Awaken. Arise. Step into your potential. Whoa. What do we really look like if we can shed off some of these silly things? I'm anxious to see. I think we, I think we have... An edge. I think we've got a little grip. We can, we can move forward into this, all of us. Are you with me? Let's do this. Let's become all that the Lord has for us and love each other in the midst of it. That'd be amazing, huh? Let's go forward and still love each other. Yeah! Father, in Jesus' name, strengthen our hearts, restore our joy, and, oh, Lord, most of all, we want to enter into all of your promises. We declare today, we choose life. Amen. Amen. Love y'all.
bless. Yes, thank you, Lord. We thank you for the revival you've promised and revival of our nation, revival of our hearts. I have uh, five granddaughters, and each of them has something beautiful and unique that sets them apart. Uh, if you've ever met Paisley, she's six, and uh, what sets her apart from the others is her passion. And if you've ever heard the phrase, where's your heart on your sleeve, that's, that's Paisley. And she, her feelings and her emotions are right out there. If she loses in the game of hot potato, you will think the world's coming to an end. But boy, can she love. And uh, she's taught her grandpa something about love. It started years ago. She would, um, when she, she wouldn't just say, I love you to me. She would say, I love you with all my heart. And I thought it was cute. I wondered where she heard it. I thought it was something that would pass. But she kept saying it over and over since then. When she'd tell me she loves me, she said, I love you with all my heart. And then a year or so ago when she started to learn to write, she started to make cards and she would write that to me. I love you with all my heart. I brought one on the communion table today. And it says, I love you in my heart. And I'm thinking, what am I supposed to learn from her? And I didn't intentionally go seeking things in the Bible. This just happened last week. I was reading uh, the letters from Peter who would wear his heart on his sleeve and his emotions and feelings were right out there. And in 1 Peter 1.22, it says, love deeply with all your heart. And I'd never noticed that before. I'm thinking if he's telling us to love with our heart, he might be indicating that sometimes we don't love that deeply or we don't love with all of our heart. And so that's the message. And it goes into uh, forgiveness and gratitude. There's another level in our heart that I don't think we're always uh, aware of. When I give Paisley a present, you know, uh, parents will sometimes say, what do you say? And the kids will say, thank you, without even looking up from their, from their present. But she puts it down and she comes to me and she'll look me right in the eye and say, I love you with all my heart or she'll whisper it in my ear. And so I've felt what, it, what it's like to be loved like that. And that's the message for communion today. I want us to bring our hearts to the table. I want us to go a little deeper than, than maybe we ever knew that we could. To come with that love for Jesus and with that gratitude. Paisley taught me Yes, she loves the gift, but when she looks at me like that or whispers in my ear, she's saying, I love you. And that's what I want us to bring to, to the table this morning. We have the gift of salvation, and we love that gift. There is no other, right? 
but let's come and say, I love you. I love the giver because there is no other, right? Let's commune with the, with the giver this morning.